You're listening to Hockey Prospect Radio on Sirius XM NHL Network Radio. Here's Shane Malloy and Brad Allen. We're back on Hockey Prospect Radio, uh, powered by Junior Prospect Hockey League, Western Canada's newest developmental stream for student athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level. We're continuing to talk about Team USA. They haven't completed their roster as of yet. That should be Sunday afternoon, maybe Monday morning. We'll see. Let's talk about the defense core. You know, we you know we gave so much laurels over the the group, the forward group, and how skilled they were. But you know, you look at this defense core, and they have just an equally interesting mix of offensive defensemen, some guys in the middle, but some guys who are going to be able to shut it down, and a lot of good athletes, Jason. Like, if you look at this group, they're not massive. I mean, the biggest guy out of there is going to be Sam Renzel, but it, they're athletes and they can skate and they're smart. Yeah. And with Renzel, you're getting a, a big, like, he's tall right now, right? But he's lean. lean. He's lean and long. Um, you know, again, similar to the rest of the group, but uh, I really like this mix here. So, you know, you got some guys that can quarterback the power play, you know, the, the Casey's and the Hudson's of the world. They got some under the radar guys that I really think bring exceptional value when the games get really hard. Like Fortescue yes. and uh, and Minitian, if, if they make this team, um, like those guys, you know, when you need a shot block or you need an extra pushback and stuff like that, they've shown that they're capable of that in the past. And and I would anticipate that uh, that's going to be the case again. You know, Ryan Chesley's a leader by nature. So I don't know. Really, again, um, what do you want? Do you want a shutdown guy? Do you want it, you know, guys to transport it? I don't. I don't give a lick about the size of this group. They're all competitive. They all bring different things to the equation. Um, again, I think they're going to launch it really effectively from the back end. But when the when the going gets tough on any given shift, they've got some of those bulldogs there that will block shots and, and leverage up very aggressively. Yeah, Jason, to your point, when you look at Fortescue, it's it's one of those situations, reminds me of Drew Hellison when he was here. Yeah. You, you need that quiet, calming, almost, yeah, I mean, this is a compliment, vanilla presence, where you know what you're going to get. He's not. He's going to be that calming factor if, say, Lane Hudson has a bad shift, right? He just quiets everything back down. So that that's, that's what that brings. And this is such a dynamic team. Um, these are the types of players that go under the radar, but they're very impactful and very important. Uh, when it comes to the subtle aspects of the game for a win. So it's going to be very interesting to see what what combination they do with. But, yeah, to, to your point, Jason, I think it's a good one. Is Players like that are going to really matter here for the States. I think one thing, if I can just pipe in and say, is that it's going to be interesting for me and maybe some of uh, the people, our listeners, when they watch these games, different defensemen here that handle the puck, like call it the Hudsons and the Caseys, um, the reload for the forwards because there's going to be more stick to stick coming off of them, or they're going to lead the rush on their own and the forwards are going to have to be part of it. Uh, that's going to be interesting to see how they adapt to that because that's how you break out pucks and outlet pucks. It's different with different defense pairs. So like if, uh, for example, Fortescue is dummying down a shift, just keeping it simple. He gets possession. He doesn't like his options. That's going to be windowing out. So now your forwards are jumping to open space instead of loading to go stick to stick. And uh, that's interesting as five-man unit, how you adapt. You know, that's interesting you say that because it'll it'll see how which defense pairings come together. You know, you always like to have maybe an offensive guy with a guy who's going to be able to be a stabilizer, but the winger's going to have to adapt to understand who's on what side, right? So you may have Casey on the right side, but then you got Hudson on the left, 
right? On different, right? So whenever you're the left winger, the right winger, you have to recognize which of those D are on which side to know what, what potentially could happen. So you're more likely to, to come in and circle in and wait for it. And that puck's going to come to you off a of Hudson or a Casey left side, right side. But then if you have more of a defensive defenseman, who's going to get picked, maybe he's getting pinned. It may come off the glass and then you have to recognize maybe that left winger has to come in. Then the center's got to come in to help fill that and, you know, and help them out in puck support. So, but I, I think they're, I think this defense core might get overshadowed only because the forward group is so dynamic, but there's some really smart defensemen who have played a lot of really excellent hockey. And it, one of the things that sometimes we don't appreciate is the level of college hockey versus junior hockey. And I'm not saying junior hockey is not great because it is, but a lot of times these guys are playing against 22, 23 year old men, sometimes 24 because of what happened with COVID. So they're not playing against 18 year old, 19 year old defensemen. They're playing against, you know, bigger, stronger, faster players. So they're used to that kind of like physicality already. I think sometimes we forget about that in college hockey, particularly at what conference you're going you're in. Yeah, I, that's obviously true. I mean, you know, some of these guys are playing against 25 year olds, you know, depending on the team that you're, you know, there's some teams out there with, with guys that age, but um, there's going to be some things fresh in their mind, guys. Like, you know, everybody looks at that, uh, U18 team for Team USA last year. They went it in overtime. You know, their big rigs up front uh, get it done. But with about three minutes left in the game, uh, Brad, you were there with me, you know, the the Minuteans and these guys, they were blocking shots with, uh, with you know, everything that they had to, to keep the puck out of their net. Some key sequences. That team doesn't even get to overtime to win the game unless some of these guys that don't get the recognition that some of the other ones get. And maybe, and obviously, they all deserve it. But these are important components to team uh, success. I think what's going to be interesting now, and we should talk about it, is the goaltending. Augustine and Fowler, um, one, two. I don't know which one is going to end up taking the lead dog. I mean, obviously, Augustine played last year, and I did. I thought he, as an underager, did a remarkable job under siege, particularly that crazy game against Sweden when all things like just um, fell apart for everybody defensively, and it was a, it was a run and gun. But the one guy I always go to is Fowler, because if you look at his track record, basically from age 11 up, every tournament he was in, every league he was in, he won. He won best goaltender. He won the championship all the way. He just wins. Right. And he has that mentality that I want in a goaltender when it hits the fan. And it always does. I want the guy who is the mentally and emotionally the strongest between the pipes, regardless of skill set, because in this tournament, you're one and done. And I want the guy with the mental. And I'm not, that's nothing against Trey Augustine because I think he's an excellent goaltender as well. But if I had to lean one way, it would be because to Fowler because of that. Well, it's it's a very interesting battle on paper. So it, uh, what Jason discussed last year, it, Trey Augustine, without him, they don't win that medal. They don't win yeah. gold. It's as simple as that. He was, he was fantastic in that game. It was a huge game for him. Uh, one thing that's very interesting on the larger ice, ice surface, you're going to see the lateral transition rates go up a little bit. Yeah. And depending on how wide uh, the pass attempt is, you're going to have to see goalies transition laterally more often, right? At, at a further and further on an angle that sometimes they can be uncomfortable with when trying to reintegrate back into their post and enter reverse VH and come back out. My point of saying that is when you look at transition rates specifically, the re one of the reasons Jacob Fowler fell fell to the third round 
was the question mark with his lateral transition rates in general because he was a thicker goalie, right? When you look at Trey Augustine, smaller, more explosive laterally, more athletically gifted, a little better with his transition game. So that could be the differentiating factor in, in terms of who actually gets the starts here when, when it comes to uh, the European ice. But uh, to your point, I think Jacob Fowler does have the slight edge. And I, I love the mental composure of Fowler. I think Montreal had a home run pick in the third round based off of what we've seen so far. And uh, But let's say this, I, I don't think there's a one-two that's better than what the States have this uh, at this term. 100%. Yeah, I guess I, they're both going to play. Let's Let's be clear here. I mean, this could be one of those situations where they they split it certainly through the preliminary round and then see what happens after that but uh michigan state's on a heater they're much they're much better team augustine's part of that success fowler i i couldn't agree with you guys any more than like i can't double down on it because you're, you're exactly right that but they're both athletic they're both focused they both have pedigree in terms of winning big games big moments so again another nice problem to have for the americans this is just a fantastic team if, if they don't if they don't find success here, uh, I'll be shocked. You know, you know. Wrap up this this segment. I look at this roster, and I I sat and stared at it and stared at it, and I went back and looked at different rosters that the Americans have had and have had success. On paper, this might be the best U.S. team I've ever seen that I've seen like live, gone to a tournament. This might be on paper the best U.S. team I've ever seen. Forward group defense core is really good goaltending. Like when, when do you have a guy who both of them are number ones? They're both number ones any given year. So that to me is, I think it's their goal, potentially their goal to win. And um, we're going to see. And, you know, before we go to break, I was looking at the rosters, not all set, but the one team that kind of, kind of like looks as like a dangerous sleeper pick for me that could upset a giant is Slovakia. That Slovakia forward group, that top nine, they're really good. Uh, not as much talent on defense, but that Adam Gage and then that, he could probably pull off a Godla. Remember Godla came in and like stole the show? He could probably pull that off. So for me, um, the upset, just going to be an upset special. It's going to be the Slovaks, and it would be great for their program to do so and get into a medal game as well. But we better take off. Thanks uh, once again uh, to Jason, and uh, we'll uh, – be back right after these messages. Every play, every stat, every breakdown. On their own, they're essential, but all together, they're undeniable. Introducing Huddle Instat, a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every Huddle product you rely on to create an all-in-one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advanced tagging and next-level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing piece to get the most out of every second of film. Visit huddle.com backslash HPR to learn more. The Junior Prospect Hockey League is Western Canada's newest elite developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level. The JPHL features professional coaches and skill development coaches, along with comprehensive practice, game, and academic schedule, allowing athletes to be successful in a more cost-effective model compared to similar hockey and school programs. To learn more and see why the JPHL is the ideal choice for your student-athlete and family, visit JuniorProspectsHockeyLeague.com. 
Fractal Hockey Consulting. Everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo in hockey. We believe in thinking differently. We provide interdisciplinary solutions that are personally designed, simple to use, and user-friendly. Through an integrated series of best business practices, and we design solutions for both hockey operations and hockey business operations. Contact us at FractalHockey.com. Outside Edge has built a reputation for guiding hockey players toward their potential and provides on- and off-ice development programs for hockey players. Outside Edge Hockey Development operates all programs on the philosophy of quality over quantity. Our strength, skills, and mental coaches understand the demands of the game and use this knowledge to develop strength, speed, and energy systems so our athletes can reach their potential. The Outside Edge programming features KPI-based strength and conditioning programs, skating, and skill development sessions for pro, junior, midget, phantom, and peewee. Contact us today at outsideedge.ca.